Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Backed by popular demand, we have a very gifted man who has served our nation in various capacities. He's the son-in-law of former President Richard Milhouse Nixon, married to Tricia Nixon, who's a very charming lady, having met her a few times. I'm referring to Edward F. Cox. And to tell you a little bit about him, he is also the son-in-law of First Lady Pat Nixon, who led the Pulaski Day Parade in Buffalo, New York, 40 years ago. He is an attorney with the Manhattan law firm of Patterson, Belknap, Webb, and Tyler. He is chairman of the New York State Republican Party. He was educated at Princeton with a Bachelor of Arts and Harvard University with a law degree. And when he was in law school, he'd come home to the White House on weekends for a few years. Our guest, Edward F. Cox, chairman of the New York State Republican Party, very gifted, bright statesman. Let's talk about the race for governor. You have a candidate for governor by the name of... Thank you for that kind uh, uh, introduction. Yes, we certainly do. Uh, Mark Molinaro is a... He's uh, from Dutchess County, uh, county exec there. Uh, 24 years ago, he was the youngest mayor in the United States as the mayor of Tivoli in Dutchess County, and he's gone on to be a great legislator in Albany with the minority in the, uh, in the uh, state uh, assembly, where you really learn good policy because you are in the minority and you have to push good ideas. That's the only way you can get something done, which he did, uh, things like a property tax cap and other important policies like that. And then he was elected uh, county exec and has been reelected uh, and uh, he's young, vigorous, uh, refreshing, and he just announced uh, at the very day that uh, Alan Calieros, who is the uh, economic czar under Como, was convicted on that very day in Buffalo. He announced his ethics reform, uh, which included uh, term limits uh, and ending pay-to-play. If you're working uh, with the government as a contractor, you can't make uh, uh, political contributions uh and he had other points too so this is uh he knows what he's doing he's ready to govern new york state and replace a very corrupt governor in uh in andrew cuomo now we're taping from buffalo new york but we uh, blanket the area from montreal going south to northern florida and west of mississippi on espn am 1520 let's talk a little bit more about this corruption because that a billion dollars for Buffalo is where we're taping from. And I understand you have estimated in different speeches, Chairman Edward F. Cox, that this amounts to $250,000 per job created there 
And Democratic Assemblyman Robin Schiminger said that from that um, $55 million national uh, publicity with advertising for the Empire State Startup New York programs, they created about 397 jobs. Let's talk about the failure of this program in Buffalo and the excessive waste. Chairman well, Edward Cox. It was announced with great fanfare, the Buffalo Billion, and not once but about three times in his re-election campaign in 2014. And the first Buffalo Billion uh, announced in November of 2013 fell apart because it didn't make any sense. And then he tried to cover up by bringing in uh, Elon Musk and increasing the amount that the state put in. And the state finally put in uh, $750 million. It was re-announced in October just before his re-election. as a big, big deal with Alan Kelly Rose there, now a con- convicted felon for taking bribes in connection with it. Rigging the bids for uh, Cuomo's uh, large contributors who contributed hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, to Cuomo's campaign. And uh, the bottom line, I think you had it wrong, actually. Uh, it turns out that there are only 600 uh, jobs, and even those are questionable. And it turns out to be more than a million dollars a job. Just wasted money and not many jobs, and certainly not good jobs for Buffalonians. Well, that's a a lot of money. Wouldn't we have been better off in western New York and upstate New York to have a $750 million tax cut, which would then bring private sector entities into upstate New York to invest on their own? Wouldn't that have made more sense, Chairman Edward Cox? Absolutely, Brian. That's, That's what should be done rather than doling out funds. Well, corporate welfare is what it is to your favored donors. In essence, uh, it's much better that it go to all the people and make a much better climate in tax cuts for businesses to grow and come to New York and for families to stay together in New York rather than the kids having to leave to find better jobs uh, elsewhere. Yes, I know because I have a daughter who's a tennis pro in Beverly Hills, California. She graduated with a B average from St. Lawrence University in psychology in Canton, New York, and she had to move to California uh, for a job. So I can speak from personal experience, and it hurts when you have your children or grandchildren leave the state of New York where you grew up. Uh, do you hear this on the campaign trail a lot of families who are so upset to have their loved ones leave because they can't find a job? It's even, it's even worse uh, than that, Brian, the way things are going. Uh, if uh, Andrew Cuomo continues as governor, he's going as hard left as you can get. He already has. He's stopped pipelines from crossing New York State with, to bring good, clean American gas, to cheap gas to uh, that would spur our manufacturing uh, industries across uh, upstate and western New York, but also good, clean, cheap uh, American gas to New England to replace uh, Russian LNG and uh, dirtier, foreign, more expensive oil, and that's simply to satisfy the uh, the, the, the uh, economic luddites who don't want to see anything done in New York. Uh, and uh, for the same reason, he killed the natural gas industry in the Southern Tier for the same people. Uh, uh, $15 minimum wage is not good for upstate New York. It uh, it doesn't work. It just means a lot more people out of work. Uh, his programs have been attuned more to his getting the Democratic nomination to be president of the United States. That's why he campaigns against Trump. It's always about Trump. 
always about Trump because he's running against Trump to be the next president of the United States. He wants to go where his father didn't go. His father decided that he would not run for president. Uh, and frankly, uh, his father also didn't have the huge corruption problem that uh, Andrew Cuomo has. We're listening to chairman of the New York State Republican Party, Edward F. Cox, a noted diplomat and statesman who is our guest today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. There's a man from Buffalo, New York, running for Attorney General of New York, and this is following the Democratic Attorney General Schneiderman, who beat four or five women up so badly that one of them lost their hearing. And now you have a Republican candidate. He appears to be squeaky clean. He doesn't have any type of uh, abuse of women that Eric Schneiderman professed, which seemed extremely hypocritical because he was identifying with the Me Too movement, going after film producer Harvey Weinstein for abusing women. And it seems he was even worse because I never heard of Harvey Weinstein beating up women. And here we had an attorney general who was supposed to uphold the laws uh, violently beating women, saying it was consensual role play. Let's talk about your candidate, the Republican candidate for Attorney General of New York State, Edward Cox. Uh, Keith Wolford is a real Buffalonian at heart. He, his father worked in the uh, Chevrolet factory. I think it was in Tonawanda. And uh, uh, he, uh, he left, actually, he's very smart, left after 11th grade on a scholarship to Harvard. I uh, was cum laude there and went on to Harvard Law School and came down to the big city, uh, New York City, and uh, 25 years later is a very successful lawyer here, co-manager of a major firm uh, doing major bankruptcy work, and he, uh, uh, and he wants to give something back. And he, he is, as a really good lawyer, he's making several million a year, but he's given that up because he wants to give something back to this state. He realizes got a huge problem and a corrupt governor and uh, the problems in Albany. He wants to uh, just be a good attorney general, as he is a good lawyer, help clean up Albany and go back to what he loves doing, that's practicing law. Uh, and he, he would be superb at it. I suppose this is a succession of corrupt attorney generals who just want to uh, use it as a stepping stone to a higher office. You know, they, for these people, attorney general or AG stood for not attorney general, but it stood for aspiring governor, and that was Elliot Spitzer, who had his personal power problems and had to resign from office, as did Schneiderman, and you have uh, corrupt Cuomo, who was also attorney general, but they're just all looking at higher office and their ideological supporters, rather than the tradition that you might remember, Brian, Louis Lefkowitz, the people's lawyer. Very uh, fine man, very fine man. Yeah. Or, or Bob Abrams, uh, who was another people's lawyer. Well, Keith Wofford, the Buffalonian, wants just to just be the people's lawyer and help clean up New York and hold Cuomo accountable and his, uh, and his cronies accountable and, uh, and go on to practicing law. Well, it's time that Buffalo um, came back into prominence. Uh, 120 years ago, it was the wealthiest city in America. With Democratic administrations, it's now the second poorest city in America, right after Detroit. So it's it's about time that Buffalo regained its prominence and strength, where we're hailing this program. And I'd like to mention that Edward Cox has been here many times. He and his son Christopher have led the Pulaski Day Parade, which was led 40 years ago by Edward Cox's mother-in-law, 
Pat Nixon led the parade here. And this year, the parade featured the Secretary of State of Poland, Anna Maria Anders, whose father beat the Nazis at the Battle of Monte Cassino in Italy in World War II, General Anders. little plug here, Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Eagle has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guest, Bob Collins, former president of the Gravenhurst. Ontario and Muskoka Chamber of Commerce, Dr. Adam Borzinski, orthopedic surgeon, and Carrie Nowak involved with the Christian camp. Coming up, we'll have the spokeswoman for the AAA of Western and Central New York, Liz Carey, Conrad Lowell, food executive from Illinois, who is chairman of the Board of Lowell Foods International, and then we have a close personal friend of Chairman Cox on the program, Charlie Joyce, the National Republican Committeeman, will be on this program. He's also involved with Otis Eastern, with gas uh, and oil pipelines worldwide. He'll be right here on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. A little bit more information about Edward Ridley Finch Cox. He was born to Howard Ellis Cox and Ann Crane Delafield Finch Cox in Southampton Hospital in Southampton, New York, and attended West Hampton Beach Elementary School and Allen Stevenson School in New York City. He is part of six old American families, the Winthrops, the Finches, the Coxes, the Livingstons, the Shilers, and Delafields. Cox is named for his grandfather, Judge Edward R. Finch, a prominent New York jurist who served as state court judge, presiding justice of the state's first department associate judge on the New York Court of Appeals. His father, Howard Ellis Cox, was a decorated World War II aviator, New York lawyer, and Long Island real estate developer. We have with us the chairman of the New York State Republican Committee, Edward F. Cox, on the Rusk Report on ESPN. AM 1520. Let's talk about keeping the United States Senate Republican. It's a real tough situation. I guess it's 5149. We have to have the Vice President of the United States occasionally come in for tiebreakers. Uh, Trump's popularity is between 45 to 48 percent, which I believe is higher than Reagan and uh, Obama and the Bushes at this time of the presidency. Uh, how are we going to keep the U.S. Senate Republican, Chairman Cox? Well, well Brian, it was uh, very difficult actually two years ago when, because the uh, Senate is, senators are reelected every six years, so they're on a different cycle than the members of the House that are elected every two years. And uh, uh, two years ago, there were uh, uh, many more uh, Republicans up than Democrats. And as a result, uh, we we lost our majority, got a lot thinner. But this time around, interestingly, there are 24 Democrats uh, who are up, and about 10 of them are in states that were take one and some one with huge margins by Donald Trump 
in 2016. That includes Ma- uh, Montana and uh, and North Dakota and uh, Indiana, uh, West Virginia, Missouri, and, and it, it looks like we could we are probably going to be picking up Senate seats on November 6th. Governor Rick Scott is uh, term limited in Florida, and he's running uh, for uh, U.S. Senate now, and he's uh, several points ahead. Uh, That looks like an unexpected pickup that we we would have. We may lose a few seats, particularly there's one that's uh, very toughly uh, contested in Nevada and one in Arizona, but uh, the odds are, given the numbers and uh, the fact that the economy is just doing very, very well, and the so-called blue wave seems to have disappeared, and four and a half, four plus percentage points of growth in the economy in the last quarter—that's uh, uh, that—that solves a, a lot of issues and is probably going to carry Republicans back into a strong majority in the United States Senate. Now let's uh, shift uh, towards the Republican House under Paul Ryan. It seems that Congress has a very, very uh, low rate of acceptability from the American public. I think it's in the uh, either single digits or the teens where people have confidence in uh, our elected officials in Washington, similar to the level of respect they have for the media. So let's talk about the Republican House. Uh, what do you have about 30 uh, seat advantage at this time? Um, how does it look to keep the House Republican? Well, in uh, midterm, first term for any president, uh, uh, seats are going to be lost. Uh, the odds are, I think, in 21 of the last 23 uh, of midterm elections, uh, the president's uh, party lost seats in the house so we probably will lose seats the question is do we lose more than 23 seats which is the republicans majority in the house uh it would have looked like uh, uh, maybe seven or eight months ago that uh that in fact uh, we would lose the majority but following it here in new york state certainly uh, where we picked up more seats in the last eight years from the democrats than any other uh, state, and there are all those seats are at risk. Uh, there are eight of them are, that are at risk, uh, and I look at them, and it looks like we're going to hold on to all of them again. As uh, one of uh, Clinton's uh, uh, campaign people said, "It's the economy, stupid," and it is the economy, and the economy is just doing so well. While the uh, the represented the the House generally may not be held in high esteem. People appreciate their hometown member of of Congress who they see regularly and who they like. And given that the economy is going so well, well, we may lose a few seats like we did in 1970 uh, when things were going well, or 1986 uh, uh, or 1990, uh, 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 where where you lose seats, but not a lot. I, we may lose uh, seven or eight seats, but we will hold on to the Republicans. Uh, the odds are now we'll hold on to the House. You sound like former Congressman Tom Reynolds with a deep analysis of every state around the country and how they play politically. 
sounds like talking to a political computer with Ed Cox, our guest today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and half of Canada. If you're listening in Montreal, Manhattan, Buffalo, or northern Florida, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far as Scandinavia, New Zealand. Please write to us. We also like hearing from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Edward F. Cox, Chairman of the New York State Republican Committee, son-in-law of former President Richard Milhouse Nixon. Ed Cox graduated from Princeton University Woodrow Wilson School of Public and International Affairs and Harvard Law School. Ed Cox was battalion commander of his Army ROTC unit at Princeton and subsequently served as a reserve officer with the 11th Special Forces Group, a very gifted patriot and political leader, Edward F. Cox. Let's uh, talk about the Republican State Senate. It's the narrowest of narrow um, alignments we have for the Republicans with John Flanagan as the uh, majority leader. Uh, where, How are you going to do on this one? This is a real, real close call, Ed Cox. Not only is it a close call, but it's a crucial call for the people of western New York and upstate New York. Uh, if we don't hold on uh, to our one-vote majority in the state Senate in Albany, uh, redistricting comes up in 2021, and it, it will be uh, the Senate will be redistricted. Uh, so it has two-thirds Democrats. The Assembly has two-thirds Democrats, and if we don't win the governorship, uh, and you have a Democratic governor, then uh, this the far-left policies that Cuomo has adopted uh, for the sake of getting the nomination of his party. The crazies on the left uh, now control his party, uh, and that's not good uh, for jobs in New York State. And uh, we will be, find uh, that uh, even though maybe in 2022 there will be so much dissatisfaction this day we elect a Republican governor, when you have two-thirds of both houses and the other party, uh, like Governor Rauner, a Republican in Illinois, uh, who's got two-thirds of both houses against him, he tries to get, push some fiscal sanity and some economic good economic uh, programs into effect that create jobs, and he is frustrated every time by those radical uh, Democratic majorities in the legislature that frustrate him for their own political purposes. And I'm afraid that New York State would go the uh, disastrous way that Illinois is going now, which is not good, not just for the people of New York State. Already uh, more citizens are leaving uh, New York State, particularly upstate and western New York, than any other state. 100,000 a year, a million over the last 10 years during uh, Democratic administrations. But uh, New York State uh, going downhill is not good for the United States of America. Well said. Let's talk about former President Richard Milhouse Nixon. Again, you lived in the White House for three years on the weekends while going to Harvard uh, Law School. I heard such wonderful stories over 15 years from former Ambassador-at-Large Vernon Walters, 
who loved President Nixon. Also, I've heard wonderful stories from Dr. Kissinger when I was fortunate enough to meet him and the stories that you've told about this man who looked 20 or 30 years ahead in foreign policy. Let's talk about the legacy, the genius in foreign affairs of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Well, it's interesting. Uh, he was already, you know, we were, well, he was running for president in his first year, president. Uh, 300 draftees a week were dying in Vietnam, and he inherited that war from the Democrats. We had 500,000 troops there and huge riots in the streets here in New York. And uh, during the campaign, uh, he was... Uh, uh, as a, one of his opponents, uh, Governor Rockefeller, was saying that uh, he didn't have a plan to solve it, or he wouldn't talk about it. And I happened to be in his uh, library uh, at the at the time when he came back from a campaign trip, and I asked him, "What's your plan?" And he's, he's very succinct: "I'm going to Peking, and I'm going to Moscow, and that's the way we're going to bring peace in Vietnam and in the world." And that's what he did, even though uh, no one thought he could do it. And it split the uh, the communist bloc, the Soviet Union, from uh, from China. It uh, removed the uh, made very questionable the support of the Soviet Union for the, the North Vietnamese, and they began to be undermined. They had to come to the peace table. But then, a Democratic uh, Congress uh, removed and even the support that they were permitted to give under the uh, treaty that ended the war to the South Vietnamese, and the North Vietnamese took over South Vietnam. It, uh, that was a tragedy for our allies who then were put in re-education camps or had to flee in boats and drown or were, 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 were killed by the North Vietnamese. It was a real tragedy uh, when the, uh, the Democratic-controlled Congress pulled the route out rug out from underneath our allies are fighting hard to maintain a democracy in in uh, in south vietnam and uh, on their own without our support except material support well uh, president nixon started the defeat and demise of communism again a man who looked 20 30 years ahead with tremendous vision and courage we have a minute left let's talk about this uh woman uh who now has won the primary against congressman crowley who says we can afford free college education and free health care for everybody what's with this well even worse than that she wants to abolish ice which is protecting our borders she basically wants open borders so that uh, anyone who wants to just walk across the southern border and come in the United States illegally can then disappear into into our country can do it, uh, including criminals and uh, and uh, drug dealers and, uh, and 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 others. Uh, she she uh, and of course she's a strong supporter of Cynthia Nixon. No relation who is running against Andrew Cuomo. Uh, because of the corruption issues, but Cynthia Nixon also believes in just abolishing. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, uh, Chairman Cox, we've run out of time. Thank you for your brilliant analysis of New York State and national politics. Again, the son-in-law of former President Nixon, Chairman of the New York State Republican Party, Edward F. Cox. Thank you for enlightening us, and special thanks to Kevin Carr, our Director of Production for 15 years. Have a great Pleasure week. Pleasure to be with you, Brian. 
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.